welcome to Appetite for Production, a podcast all about making music with modern technology, hosted by myself, Tim Cant, and my buddy James Russell, two music tech journalists who love chatting breeze about the latest developments in the field. How's it going, James? It's going all right. How are you? I am okay. Uh, can I give you a mini anecdote about my IRL antics? <laughs> Yes. Okay, I yeah, to... I, know, I know you don't really want to hear it. I but... can't say no. <laughs> no, 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 you really can't. Um, so, you, you know I haven't been dating for a while, right? Yes. Um, so, I did leave the Hinge app on my phone, which is a dating app, which I wasn't really using or whatever, but I got a like on there mm. a couple of weekends ago or whatever, so was, I thought... Was it a Russian bot? Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't a Russian bot, because I love those Russian bots. They're so uh, efficient. Um, but it was it was a nice lady, and we uh, we had a, a bit of a nice chat and everything, and we, we went out on a date, and it all went very well, so we went on another one. And so we went out for dinner, and she came back here, and we were playing a bit of Nintendo Switch, as you do, because that's romance. Uh-huh. I and like where this is going. Yeah, you do. And yeah, and that, that devolved into a kind of minor tickle fight or whatever, you know, because <laughs> this, this is how a player plays, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but then she was like, look, I don't fancy you, and... To be frank, if we were to date, you'd be punching considerably above your weight. (laughs) Wow, okay. And then she poked my tummy. (laughs) interesting yeah so after so she decided to leave after that um and then she she texted me oh yeah i was was about to predict that yeah she texted me asking if i want to play some more mario kart with her online and i was like no i'm afraid i'm busy now so uh yeah so that's it now and i have deleted hinge and i will not be returning to the world of dating apps basically because that was that was the icing on a very delicious cake that i've been munching on for a few years so yeah i'm i'm well out of that now do you want me to go full Bill Burr on you now? Oh, please do, mate. So you met this lady. <laughs> <laughs> and the the strange thing is the tickling. Yeah. Like, okay, so I mean, it seems like she could just be a, 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 t- a, a tickle lover. Do you know what I mean? I've heard about this tickle uh, documentary yes. that people, uh, people talk about a lot yeah. and everything. So maybe she was just in it for the tickling. <sighs> it's... <laughs> it's very strange that she um, she initiated tickles. I assume she it was initiated. it was like a mutual tickle. First. Okay, a mutual initiation of tickles. Yeah, but then you, I don't know. She she then completely retracted and then got back in touch with you. It seems like a bit of brinksmanship from this uh, from this Russian bot lady. I don't know what brinksmanship means. Can you explain? It it's like uh, JFK and Gorbachev uh, taking themselves to the brink of nuclear war yeah, and then right. pulling back. Yeah, sure, sure. Like, I mean, maybe she had second thoughts or whatever. Maybe, maybe, maybe I would have been punching significantly above my weight. That as well. I forgot about that. That is... Um Quite an egotistical thing to say. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I mean, my- it may have been objectively true. Well, yes, and this, and, and this is the thing. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that I am a catch or anything like that, or whatever. But it's not the sort of thing I would say to a lady. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems like she was uh, provoking and taking herself away, and then trying to get back mm-hmm. in a sort of uh, a very teasy way. 
I d- who knows? I mean, I think maybe, maybe she, you know, she realised I wasn't for her or whatever, and she wanted to put me off, which worked very effectively <laughs> because I instantly lost any interest at that point. Well, so, it, it, it was a good sign that she was into Mario Kart, but hey, I know. Well, this is well, this is the thing, man. That's all I'm looking for is a chick who knows how to play Mario Kart. And do you know what? She was damn good as well. Mm, was she doing all the boosts and stuff? Mate, she was doing like shortcuts and stuff. I mean, I really haven't played that much of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, but uh, yeah, she clearly knew what she was doing, mate. She knew her way around a, a red shell, if you know what I mean. Uh, last time we were talking about Weezer's Teal album, and uh, you said you'd seen it independently and were going to listen to it, but hadn't, and that you would after the podcast. Did you take a listen? I did take a listen to it, mate. Yeah. Yes, yes, I did. And um, yeah, it's, it's all right, man. It's pretty good. You know what I mean? It's I mean, good. you would hope that Weezer would be able to competently cover certain classic songs and everything. Well, I actually heard the original version of Everybody Wants to Rule the World yesterday in the office. I hadn't listened to any of the original versions since uh, checking out all the Weezer versions. Mm. But um, hearing that, just on the radio, it was like, ah, 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 and I could appreciate more what they'd done to it. It's basically the same song. It is. It seems like they have gone the route of covering these like in a pretty straight up fashion. It's, yeah. it's not like a wacky Moog cookbook thing, for example. Do you exactly. know what I mean? That's I, I skipped over this briefly last time, but it was. It, they're not interpretations. It really is straight up covers, which which allows you to compare the production quality quite nicely. Hmm. I mean, my thought was, it sounds like, you know, it's okay. So, you know, sometimes you'll get a, a kind of big artist who'll do a cover version of a famous song for like a soundtrack album. Mm. I'm thinking like Beck doing the Corgis, Everybody's Gotta Learn Sometime, that sort of thing. That's a very specific reference, but okay. Yes, it is. Was that Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind or another film vaguely in that sort of genre? Um, but yeah, it sounded like a compilation of that sort of thing, basically, of a big band doing covers. And they're all kind of like kind of meme sort of songs, do you know what I mean? So yeah, I mean it's pretty good, but it's kind of a kind of a weird project, I think. Yeah, I think there's more to learn from it from the production than there is from the sort of musicality and performances behind it. Mm. But uh, I do really enjoy it, and it's shed new light on those songs for me. Like when you uh, see a song you really like uh, being played live, and you hear a slightly different Mm. version of it, and you appreciate it differently. And sometimes when you see something live, you can discover that you like something more or less than you did before, and it Mm. takes on a new meaning. Uh, That was all through this album for me. Yeah, I'm also pretty surprised that you thought No Scrubs was repetitive, mate. Mm. I don't really find it repetitive. No? No. I don't have any follow-up for that. Um, that's just that's just a kind of incomplete thought, basically. Well, I, I still think that, and it's just it just goes on and on and on, doing the same thing. Uh, that's fair enough, I mean, mate. you're used to repetitive, you know, you've... Uh... I like a groove, mate, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to let your opinion exists <laughs> in the same universe as mine. Okay, well, I'm glad we've come to an understanding on that. <laughs> one of the things, one of the big dilemmas I've been going through is, I, I think I may have mentioned this before, but I've decided 
I think I've decided. I okay. might have. <laughs> wow. I might have bottled it, but I think I've decided to get rid of my CDs. Oh, what? Ooh, a lot to discuss here. Oh my god, there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Oh, there was. There's a lot to pack as well. <laughs> yeah, sure. There is a lot to digitize. <laughs> so I'm thinking. Okay, I have a bunch of CDs, like everyone of a certain age, mm-hmm. and um, these are C- this is a massive, well, it was massive CD collection that I was building up since the age of like six or seven. Oh, wow, early starter. Yeah, and I got to about 20-ish, mm. and that's basically when I stopped buying any CDs at all. You've got 14 years worth of CDs clogging up your place. Yeah, I've got, let's call it 250 CDs. Oh, you massive lightweight. For that time period. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't have that much money. I wasn't exactly <laughs> driving around in a BMW throwing money at uh, HMV. <laughs> but, so, they've all been in a CD wallet, a massive CD wallet mm. uh, that I used to have in my car. Back in the days of driving, when all you can get was a CD player, it was the best a man could get, right? Yeah, right. Is that, I mean, it was high tech. Even feeder know that uh, CD player is the best thing you can have in a car. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was putting all the CDs from the CD wallet back into their cases, and it was a treasure trove of memories. Oh, really? Because See, that is the advantage of a physical object, mm, mate. The memories attached to it. Exactly. And because, you know, you, you buy a CD, you listen to it semi-religiously for, let's say, a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And then when you uncover that CD, all the memories from that specific five-week period in your life... Mm come flooding back it's like a time capsule exactly mm-hmm. and so i got i got a bit like ooh, should i sell this mm-hmm. but then again it's digital stuff that i could copy onto a hard drive and mm-hmm. i could just rip them i have ripped them before but i ripped them in m4a format. oh my goodness well yeah hard drive space was limited oh sure i appreciate this that, yeah. this has got to be like what 2007 sort of rippage time Mm -hmm. probably most of them earlier than that Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah so i'm i've got a lot of cds without cases i've got a lot of cases without cds i've got a lot of broken cases i've got a lot of dirty cds i've got cds (laughs) i bet you do you filthy bugger i've got cd covers with dog paw prints on them as well which, you don't uh, own a dog james no, what's that all about <laughs> i do not know what's happening there but <laughs> uh, i don't know it's it's semi painful because also uh, i haven't quite looked yet but I don't think I'm going to be able to get much money for most of these. Well, no, I think Music Magpie will probably give you like 40p a CD. Yeah, well, what I was thinking, what a bit of advice my brother gave me is to put them all on Music Magpie, Mm. see what the quote is for each, and anything that's not a ridiculously low sum, Mm. put that on eBay. Mm, Okay. Have you considered Discogs.com, bruv? Uh, Someone mentioned Discogs. They do selling to them. They do. And if you have a particularly rare item, you can charge through the ass for it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Even with CDs? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think any any physical music that's rare, that is sought after, goes for a pretty penny, my friend. I've, I've definitely got stuff which isn't on Spotify. Although, if I saw something that went for a pretty penny now, I'd be inclined to keep it. 
Oh, right. well, there you mm. see, it's a kind of self, self-defeating thing. But it would be nice to find out exactly what would be more valuable. There's plenty of stuff that isn't on Spotify. But this also takes me into the idea, will there ever be a CD resurgence? I know it's very easy to say there won't be because it's digital. Yep. And it doesn't have the special uh, unique quality that vinyl had. Mm, but sounding totally fucked. <laughs> it does have the yeah. It, <laughs> it does have the quality of being a thing that you can hold yes. in your hand. You can read the book, mm. you know? And so I'm thinking I can't guarantee that there's not going to be a CD resurgence and suddenly CDs become cool mm. and therefore more valuable. Mm. But even if they do, I guess the ones that are currently not valuable won't be valuable then. Yeah. It'll be like uh, Frampton Comes Alive on vinyl or something. And uh, I'm just, I'm dilemmering, Tim. I'm dilemmering. I mean, I have heard a lot of stories about people who have sold their record collections and later regret it. I've I've never been one to regret getting rid of things. <laughs> okay. Oh well, you are a you're a kind of like a Buddhist kind of figure, right? Like Buddha, for example. I, I'm more comparable to the Buddha than uh, any regular Buddhist. Yeah, no, I think that's fair enough and everything. And you know what? Buddha got rid of his CD collection and he was fine with it. Oh, okay. I didn't um, <laughs> read that in the Bhagavad Vita or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, live in La Vida Loca, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, he does subscribe to Spotify Premium, though. So, oh. you know. Mm-hmm. Just a just thought, mate. Um, can I show you the last CD that I purchased off Discogs, which turned up today? Because I think you might be vaguely interested in okay. it. Take a look at this. <laughs> Why do you have a Cradle of Fear CD? So this is the soundtrack to a metal-influenced horror film, L- I guess? Listen to this nostalgic sound. Oh, the the crack of the of the crystalline case opening. That is, my friends, kids. <laughs> this is what is called a jewel case. Oh, because it is a jewel. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The reason I got this was it's all metal, but there's like all the time. It's all metal all the time. All death metal all the time. But there's like three or four drum and bass tunes on there. Weirdly. Um, the only problem is that they have a bunch of dialogue from this Cradle of Fear film that I've never seen over the top of them. Mm. And that's the only way to get any of these tunes digitally. So it's kind of not really what I wanted, but it's close enough, basically. Yeah. And you mentioned metal the other day. Is this sort of thing up your alley? Uh, no. Okay. I've, I've never been poli- uh, particularly metallic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are magnetic. I, I stopped at Metallica, basically. Okay. Um... Which is fair. I didn't get into Metallica for quite a long time because everyone else was. Well, and it was too too popular for and you. As you know, I'm a contrarian. You are a contrarian and a hipster. And a, the Buddha. <laughs> yeah, and a Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the ongoing uh, deliberation of whether to get rid of my CDs. I'm sure we'll talk about it again. Okay, so look. Here's a hypothetical scenario. You've got 250 CDs. <sighs> You're getting... You know, let's say you get like eighty quid for them. Is that gonna is that gonna be enough for you to want to flog? No, keep keep them. But if they're only worth eighty, then I, there is a lot I want to get rid of. I'm thinking here's here's how I'm thinking of playing it. Okay, I'll level with you. Put them all on the table. Go through them individually. Mm. Check whether they're on Spotify. Mm. Rip everything. 
make sure they can be ripped because some of them are so damaged from juggling around in my old car stereo or on the floor of my car passenger seat that... Can, can I just interject very quickly? Uh, just because something's on Spotify now doesn't mean it's going to be on Spotify no, forever. that is another consideration I mm-hmm. have. I'm not going to go too far into that, but like with okay. all the other streaming services, in, that you might start getting exclusive oldies. Uh, mm. I could easily see that happening to mm. Netflix and Netflix and Amazon Prime it up. Mm. But yeah, to do that, see if it's on Spotify, rip it regardless, keep it on a proper hard drive and get rid of the cheap ones. Okay. Uh, keep anything that's massively meaningful to me. Mm. The other like op- the Travis albums, for example. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, the fear is here. What is the fear? The other option is to not put them on a hard drive, but just put them on a spindle. Get rid of the cases. Oh, okay. Mm, but, I mean, it's not about it's not about that. It's about lightening the load. Yeah, well, it's about physical space. Because mm. we're living in rabbit hutch Britain, mate. Yes, I live in a uh, small bunk bed. <laughs> <laughs> you live in a capsule, don't you? Yeah, next to a vending machine. Yeah, nice. where I get all my food. Do you know, I'm really looking forward to when we all live in like Fifth Element style, just like micro apartments. It's going to be sick, mate. All right, SoundCloud news now. What? SoundCloud is continuing to turn into a subscription service that gives you more than just audio uploads oh really what's it going to give me it is going to give you distribution my friend (gasps) what so in the same vein as things like cd baby tunecore and stuff Mm -hmm. it will put your music out on spotify apple music amazon music etc beatport and itunes do you know about those Uh, bad boys not sure about those bad boys sure we can check it out but also it's not going to keep any of the money Oh, I see. It's going to give you what you are due from those people. Okay. Now, this is... Let me shed some light on this. This is only for current pro or pro ultimate users. Okay. And the service itself within SoundCloud is called SoundCloud Premiere. (laughs) Brilliant. Nice and confusing. Love it. Yeah. Thanks, SoundCloud. (laughs) But to cut a long story short... If you subscribe to SoundCloud and have a pro package, <laughs> then they're starting to give you more and more and more. The I think when they announced that you could upload your music... Uh, no, that was Spotify, wasn't it? I'm getting confused. Yeah, SoundCloud has always been you can upload your music. Obviously, that was kind of the whole point, mate. That story was uh, Spotify would let you upload your music. Yeah. And now we have SoundCloud will um, directly stick your music on other platforms. Mm. And handle the money, I assume, mm. which is another incentive to upgrade to SoundCloud Pro, as well as being able to put more minutes of audio in total. Mm-hmm. What do you reckon? Um, oh, it really depends, man. There's so many moving parts to this thing now. Um, what if SoundCloud disappears? What happens to your distribution? Um, presumably then you have to put the full length versions on SoundCloud. Mm. I mean, like for me, there was always a very clear line between SoundCloud and everything else, which was two minute clips went up on SoundCloud, full versions everywhere else. And now the lines are getting blurred, Robin Thicke. It's, I I assume you can just upload the full version and keep it private on SoundCloud and get it distributed. Okay. Um, I, it's, it's adding... 
services that you would otherwise pay for elsewhere to a service you may already pay for or be interested in paying mm. for. I'm behind it. But yeah, I mean, some SoundCloud could go down, but they're really trying to get people on these subscriptions now. Yeah. Which is fair enough if it's a professional tool, which they really are turning it into. Yeah, I mean, for me, <laughs> I know I would not make any money if uh, I was to, even though they're giving 100% cuts to the user, I know that that would be fractions of pennies, basically. <laughs> so it's just like, I do not feel like invested in even really working out how this works or whatever. Well, maybe it's another reason if you're currently distributing through or thinking about distributing through one of the other guys who mm. would you would pay money to in addition if you're already a soundcloud pro yeah then it's at no extra cost yeah and even if you don't get much money you still get it yeah and i mean i guess this is at no additional costs to eligible subscribers yeah you do there are some minimums um tell me about them Okay, you need to control all your own rights, obviously. Okay. If you've signed something to someone else, then yeah. it's their deal to distribute it. Okay. And you need at least 1,000 plays <laughs> in countries that do advertising through SoundCloud. Oh, God. So they are US, UK, Canada, Australia, France, Germany, Ireland, the Netherlands, yeah. and New Zealand. Um, yeah, about the 1,000 plays thing. If you're making music that another human being might want to listen to, fair enough. But I'm not really in that kind of market, mate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't know if this is for me personally. I mean, it seems like on the surface, you know, it could, it's, it could be a really good deal, I guess. Especially if, you know, you're someone who's getting a ton of plays and everything. You want to keep that money, 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 mate. Because that's mm. what this is all about, right? The, the cash dollar clams. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all about the money. That's uh, sure. that's what music is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's money in digital form. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not make any bones about it. It's all it's all about the economy and the economy of music, right? right? Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, sure, definitely. sure, sure. Definitely. It's all about uh, art. <laughs> artists are big money makers. <laughs> oh, yeah, they got all that money. All the, all the artists I know <laughs> are rich. Mate, they got so much money, man. Yeah, I believe um, the uh, Bohemian uh, French people in in Paris in Montmartre. Yeah, such as Toulouse Lautrec and all all those famous artists. They were all fucking wadded. You know it, man. That's why Did, they could afford so much absinthe. Yeah, do you know? I read the other day that like I think it was Claude Monet like was um, set apart from his his artist contemporaries because he like won the lottery or something. <laughs> so he was the only one like swanning around with like a mansion and stuff or whatever. <laughs> really weird. He just um, bought a load of sort of um, landscapes. That it, he exactly. Could paint. Yeah, it's, it's the it's the uh, it's the real estate that's where the real value is. I mean, I feel like I don't have anything interesting or constructive to add to this. What's your hot take, son? Uh, I like it. I'm glad that they're doing more, and this gives people a, another reason to join SoundCloud Pro. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, my other hot take. Mm. We are a podcast, correct? I believe we are, yeah. Yes, we are. And I made the bold decision to host this podcast on SoundCloud. That was a brave decision, for which I applauded you. <laughs> it's not the best place to host a podcast. <laughs> what, what, what are we doing it then, Belend? Because 
We are the unusual formulation of being a podcast about music production and music producers, I don't know if you know this. Oh yeah. Tend to hang out on SoundCloud. <gasps> they do. So if we'd uh, if we'd made uh, our potential other podcast we were thinking of about cheese tasting. Yes, uh, Cheese Tasterthon 2000, the cheese podcast. We would never have uh hosted it exclusively on soundcloud not exclusively but we'd never have hosted it on soundcloud okay okay um but i would really like to see soundcloud do the same exact thing for podcasters (gasps) now if you have a podcast you have to be soundcloud pro because they won't let you have more than 180 minutes we could just make a lot of one minute podcasts yeah we could think outside Uh, the box james for god's sake but they uh, there's no word from what i can see that they will uh, handled distribution of podcasts, which I would really like them to do because uh, it took me a while to get us on Spotify. I recently uh, signed us up with a few more distributors and there are services, which we can't afford, that also <laughs> do the same thing. They hook you up with all the major ones, you know, they'll put you on iTunes, which obviously we're on because that's the main podcast thing. Yeah, They'll put you on Spotify, they'll put you on this, they'll put you on that. Mm. And you pay for that. And we're already paying SoundCloud for Pro, so I'd like them to do that. Yes, I mean, I guess SoundCloud pay on a podcast like they would on a tune. Is that how it works? Uh, I guess that's if you have advertising available. I find <laughs> all of this very complicated and confusing, bruv. It seems to be like a lot of effort. I mean, I was t- I was talking to somebody the other day who is... They're crowdfunding their new album, which they do with their first album, and it, it seemed to go really well or whatever. Mm-hmm. The album got made or whatever. Hey. And, you know, we were saying, oh, God, isn't it much better now, like, doing this shit, being in charge of everything, not having to worry about a record label on your back, bossing you about. But to be honest, mate, I, I, I kind of wish somebody would take care of all the other stuff. I mean, in this case, it's you, because you do the lion's share of the work. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, that's worked out pretty nicely for me. But it's just, oh, man, it's just like another thing to think about, bro. Yeah, it's very true. It is another thing to think about. But you got to think about things if you want to do stuff, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, it's a, Yeah, mentioning crowdfunding, I, I once crowdfunded an album before crowdfunding was a thing. Did it, you? It was more of a, um, it was more of a, not asking for crowdfunding, but funding. Okay, and tell me about it. Um... It was a band that I liked, and they wanted to do a second album, but had been dropped by their record label. As all good bands are. I was piss poor in university at the time, and they had some call to basically, like, it wasn't crowdfunding as we know it now, but it was donate via PayPal. Okay. And I think I donated, like, £20 or something. Mm, You must have been pretty keen. Album never got made. Oh, really? Yeah. What did they do with the money, mate? I would like to know the same, but <laughs> it, it doesn't really matter to me because yeah, there there was some good stuff, and I I I I was willing to take the risk. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. SoundCloud again, moving a bit more towards the sort of integrated Spotify style. Just as sound, just as Spotify starts to allow uploads, these guys are you know they're getting closer and closer together. Yeah, maybe one day they will become indistinguishable. Or maybe Spotify will buy SoundCloud? Uh, Buy a bunch of debt. Yeah, yeah. Companies love buying debt. Yeah, yeah, right. Hmm. What's in it for Spotify, I guess? Maybe they'll just wait for SoundCloud to tank and uh, gobble it up. 
Yeah, nice. Wicked. Buy it for a song. Then they can have all the audio. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I want to talk about one more thing while we're on this on this thing. Bandcamp. 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 Oh, Bapcamp. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I like Bandcamp, man. I want to see him succeed. Okay. Because yeah. they seem to be on the level. You've said that before. I That's... have. I'm going to say it again. Fair I want enough. to see him succeed. Um... I wish that they would dist- if they if Bandcamp did distribution to other things, that would be a spicy meatball, son. What do you reckon? I have no opinions on Bandcamp whatsoever. Do you not? You see, you are a lover of esoteric music, I imagine. Not a fighter of esoteric. No, yeah, exactly. I know. Well, esoteric music would maybe best you in a fight with yeah. its tremendous talons. I'm surprised you're not, you know, buying albums on Bandcamp, streaming off Bandcamp, and just thinking a lot about Bandcamp. I'm not. Are you, have you even got an account? No. What? I'm no. I'm very far away from that. Are you a real music lover at all, James? Well, there's a little secret I wasn't going to tell. Oh, mate. Okay. Okay. Well, this is something we need to discuss off the air. Okay, so James, I mentioned to the uh, to you the other day. I've got, had a bit of a watershed moment in my personal life. Mm-hmm. I have stopped taking my antidepressants, right? Which is feeling good because I've got a lot more energy. So hopefully, I'm going to get some ruddy work done. Okay, and then coinciding with this, um, I got an email from a friend of mine who reminded me that I did a couple of remixes for her folk act last year. Okay, um, so I went. And she she wants them now for the dis- like they've signed up to like some kind of music publishing person. Mm. I don't really understand how music publishing works, I which hope, is kind of ridiculous. Seeing as how old I am, this album was called something along the lines of "All Folked Up." <laughs> that is a very good idea. It was only two remixes, so it's not really an album. Ah. So I had to go back to these remixes and uh, check them out and prepare them for delivery, basically. Um, And so, like, I hadn't listened to them for, like, six months a year or something. So I was trepidatious. Is that a word? Yes. I was in trepidity. um, (laughs) The pushier look. Yeah, okay. And um, And I had to listen to them. And I was pretty surprised not only was I happy with the technical level of them, but I re- they were and these remixes were done in the depths of my depression, basically. Mm-hmm. And do you know what? I was incredibly gratified to hear that they sounded dark as you like. <laughs> I would go to say, I would go so far as to say gothic, Ooh. like real, real kind of like, I feel like at the time I wanted, to, I really wanted to um, express my displeasure at being alive or whatever. And I feel like I really captured it. And what it made me think was I would, I do not feel like writing music like that now. And it's, it's given me this kind of insight that maybe the way people feel affects the music they make. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Crazy, right? So I just wondered if uh, if that's something that you've uh, you've experienced yourself as well. Because I know you don't put a lot of music out. You keep it in your James Russell vault, high security Fort Knox style or whatever. But yeah. is, this, is this something have you had maybe like, you know, darker periods, happier periods, that sort of stuff? Yeah, I've had I've had music that has been created from a place of despair. Nice. Oh, God, and I want to hear it so bad. It, it's always. Um, yeah, that will always be there. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm slightly worried that um, going into this hopefully uh, less bleak period of my life, that I'm not going to lose that edge. Because I think a lot of the stuff that I've made has been, when I've been super depressed, has actually been some of my favourite stuff, man. What am I going to do? Well, yeah, I think that's the classic uh, musician's uh, dilemma there. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, uh, having that music around to remind you of a time when you're in the deepest, darkest pits of hell Mm. is very useful when you're not in the deepest, darkest depths of hell. Well, yes, it did give me a bit of perspective on my mental state. So, yeah, it was kind of it was kind of gratifying, really. I feel like I've made progress. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you won't be able to do anything as as deep and meaningful now that you're relatively happy. Yeah, that's just you've just got to take it. I mean, I think meaningfulness is overrated. Actually, speaking of which, uh, last night I was totally knackered. I had I had quite an involved day or whatever. And I was just lying in bed and I was like, do you know what, son? I want to make a bit of techno. Oh. Everyone's making techno. I feel like I have a unique uh, take on it because I'm so old and all of my influences are from the early slash mid 90s. So you want to make techno in order to compete with everyone else who's making techno? Not compete, mate, because I'm better than everyone else. So <laughs> it's more like, look how it's done, guys. And do you know what I turned to, James? Did you turn to a massive modular rig? I absolutely did not. I turned to face the cloud. The Roland cloud. Oh. Yep, we're bringing it up again. And uh, do you know what, mate? What? I was playing... Oh, Because, as you know, I've got a bit of a soft spot for the uh, digital sound module recreations. Had a bit of a play with the freaking uh, TR-909 and uh, Jupiter-106. And also... Um, Juno-106. Juno-106. What did I say? Jupiter-106. Yeah. Oh, what a faux pas. Schoolboy oh, oh, my God. Okay, right. I'm sitting on the naughty step for the rest of the episode. Um, and I also, Audio Realism's Redominator. Are you familiar with that little, little yes. bad boy? Yeah, 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 I am. Um, it's a... For those who have not been initiated, it's a recreation of the Roland Alpha Juno one, which I own in physical form, but my God, it's a lot easier to have it as a plug-in, bro. <laughs> so yes, I had a bit, little bit of uh, uh, play with that stuff. And in a few moments, I'd created something that got me rocking. So yeah, I was really happy with it. And now I'm thinking I don't really want to stop subscribing to it, even though I've only got one month left before I get my reward. And you have no money. I've got, uh, I've got no freaking money, man. I am skint AF. Do you want to play that work in progress right now? Absolutely not, mate. I will <laughs> never play um, a work in progress to anybody under any circumstances. Fair enough. Okay, I can't I can't convince you. Do you know, I might play you after the episode, but I was, I was literally working on my crappiest headphones on my laptop, so mm-hmm. it probably sounds awful. But the vibe... Got me going, bruv. Mm. Also, it's in the key of A, which is at the upper limit of uh, the stuff that I'll do. In fact, is it right if I segue into another little bit of IRL chat? Why not? I have, and I'm not, I don't want to like guarantee this, I have finished a piece of music, which I have not done for years. Hang on, you're moving to Finland? <laughs> yes, but also I've actually made a piece of music that I don't hate. Interesting. I'm sceptical. Yeah, well, you should be, mate. Um, I've been working on this for a few months now, whatever, which is which you wouldn't think to listen to it. <laughs> and I spent a lot of that time adding stuff to it and taking away as well or whatever. 
and thinking this needs more stuff, blah, blah, it's not interesting. But do you know what actually sorted it for me? What? And this is going to be ironic. Is it, is it going to be the Roland Cloud again? No, it isn't actually. In fact, I didn't use the Roland Cloud on it at all. <laughs> um, this is ironic for me because I bang on about this shit all the time. It was A, making the bass line in the right frequency. So this was like in A, basically. You mean using the right notes or. Using the right. Well, you've got to like. I don't know if you know this, James. When you're making music, you've got to use the right notes, man. Otherwise, oh, okay. it doesn't work. So this was, this was a tune in the key of A. And I had an 808 bass line, and it was ascending. Well, that's that's in the key of eight. Well, oh, mate, which no one uses. <laughs> but I go beyond letters to pure maths. So I got this 808 bass line that was going up, and that was a big reason that it sounded like ass, because it wasn't hitting those low notes. Because it was in the key of ass. Yeah, in the key of ass. So what I did was... I was I still remained in the key of A, but I, I made the notes go down instead. <laughs> and do you know what? It sounded a fuck of a lot better. <laughs> and then the other thing that really clinched it was I decided my kick drum was crap. Now, you might have noticed I bang on quite a lot about how you should make the kick drum first in your tune and everything. Uh-huh. I had chosen a kick drum because I like kick drums that essentially sound like nine and nines. Okay. If you're using a kind of authentic sounding 909 kick drum, there really isn't a lot of bass there. And even though I kind of like the character of this sound, in context, it was just sounding awful. And I was trying to work out why I didn't like this bit of music. So I replaced it with a kind of as characterless but solid kick drum as I could get. And this mm-hmm. one had a bit more sub on it. And you know what? Instantly, it made all the difference. So what I suggest to everybody is to go and watch my Native Instruments kick drum basics video and then just judge me real hard for not following up my own advice properly. You know what? I have and I did. Oh, good. So you've judged me fully now, have too, you? Too many stock photos. Do you know what? I really enjoyed putting those stock photos in there, man, because I want to br- break it down to the barest <laughs> essentials, man. And I got them all off uh, my free Adobe Cloud trial as well. So once again, the cloud came to my rescue. Nice. Okay, well, I, I'm just really glad you finished some music. Yeah, and so my plan now is to not listen to it for a few weeks and then go back to it and work out whether I hate it or not. Mm. And maybe I'll make some more tunes, James. I'd quite like to have another release, really. I mean, don't go manic. No, no. Well, I've, you don't, know, don't start putting out, like, 30 albums in the next two months and then slide back into your death metal depression. No, well, do you know what? It wasn't putting out loads of releases that made me depressed. <laughs> Though, in 2012, when I wasn't depressed, I did release, like three EPs and two singles or something, which now seems completely insane. <laughs> I don't know how I did it or whatever. Um, yeah, having having a balanced normal life, I think, probably was uh, was what it was. But yeah, so I'm feeling positive about the future, bro. That's good. I am going to keep a keen eye on you to make sure you're okay. <laughs> yeah, please, please keep tabs on from, my mental health, mate. From my experience, when everyone says everything's completely fine, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything's, everything's great and it could, couldn't couldn't go any better uh my life's brilliant uh yeah i'm gonna keep an eye on you yeah no i think that i think that is a gigantic red flag i wouldn't go so far as say everything's brilliant i would say that there are still many many stresses in my life that i'm feeling i'm feeling positive that i don't feel so knackered all the time and i'm sleeping a bit better as now as well which is a relief to put it mildly well, I'm glad you got some output that you can be proud of. Yeah, because if I'm not making music, mate, what is the point of any of this, bruv? 
Alrighty, output, arcade. Do you remember speaking about this a while ago? Uh, about arcade specifically? Mm. Yeah, I do actually. It was a new way to work with loops where it would splice and dice your loops across the keyboard and you could play them with the white notes and mess about with them with the black notes. Mm-hmm. Black and white in perfect harmony, as they should be. And all the loops you could get, you could put your own loops in, but the biggest point was that it was a sort of cloud loopy tool thingy where you could go and choose the loops you want. It was on a subscription, so you, they keep adding more and more and more new interesting loops that are split across the keyboard in very interesting ways, and you could just play them. Mm. Now, what they have just added in their new update, version 1.2, is a bunch of old commercial tunes mapped across the keyboard as loops that you can play in a, shall we say, hip-hop collage fashion. Oh, my goodness. Play that video. Let's do this. (laughs) These are some of the songs you can mess around with via arcade with your keyboard. Ready sliced. Now, who have they done this in conjunction with, James? They've done this in conjunction with... BMG Publishing, of course. Mm -hmm. In partnership with the Universal Music Group and Countdown Media. So... The included loops, which are organised into playable kits, are said to be taken from time-honoured songs dating back centuries. Mm. Now, what that says to me is public domain. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe um, they've got they've got some good stuff because it's because it's that you don't have to pay any royalties is the crucial thing here. Yes, true. You don't have to pay any ro- royalties on it, but yeah, it does seem a bit public domainy, doesn't it? But why would you need to deal with BMG Publishing, Universal Audio Group, and Countdown Media? I don't really understand it. I mean, when I because uh, I've seen this video before, James, going to let you know that um, before I saw it, I was like. Holy shit, son, there's going to be a load of sick, you know, relatively unknown R&B and soul music stems on there. And Mm. this is going to revitalise sort of um, music that revolves around sampling those sort of things. However, it doesn't seem to be that. It seems to be a lot of real old school stuff that you would, for example, get sampled on like a Megan Trainer record. You know what I'm saying? You know what you do have in there? You have The Entertainer. Oh. And The Nutcracker. Mate, Nutcracker is a fucking banger. Same goes for the entertainer. I, I didn't realise with the Nutcracker. It's it's a suite of a load of things. And, like, the majority of them are incredibly well known. It's like, it, imagine if Tchaikovsky put out an album and almost every song was a hit. Yeah, right. It's all like killer, that. no filler. They're all different, but they're all massively well known. Anyway... Sure. Uh, it's got those two on it. I, d- I don't know how much of the Nutcracker it's got on or how much of the Entertainer, but it's strange that they didn't... <laughs> you laughing at the word Nutcracker? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but it's strange that they didn't um, pump that more in their sort of promo. Mm-hmm. You would expect them to put those front and centre. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess people are more interested in stuff that does not have those connotations of being very mainstream and cheesy. Is it right to call Tchaikovsky cheesy? Uh, No. Okay. But I I 
I'm interested in your theory that it's a bit too popular and well-known and that you think they should have more dusty gems in there. Yeah, I mean, I want some rare grooves, son. I want mm. some I want some freaking like fusion proggy funk rock you know soul in there or whatever because that's that's the real shit you know what i'm saying i think that's fair to say and maybe they'll put some more stuff out like that later Mm -hmm. because they're always adding new stuff to this in their normal sort of with the normal loops that aren't sort of from Mm. copyright stuff they're always putting more in so maybe they'll add more to the crate i mean i'm always looking for new stuff to sample i mean i tend to do make a lot of mainly synthesized stuff these days because let's face it a lot of jazz and funk has been rinsed and you don't you don't really want to you know you feel like okay if i can flip this in an interesting way that's fair enough but Mm. if i can't i need to look for a source of new sounds so i am potentially very interested in this also i think they did a really great job with the video i mean um you can you know, it sounds like, you know, the, the little demos they have actually sounds like a tune that a pop producer has made that samples some old shit or whatever. And it sounds like they've done a decent job. So fair play. It seems like they're, you know, they're not going off half cock or anything. Mm. Yeah, it's good. I like it. I, I probably need a lot more variation, a lot of interesting stuff that no one's ever used before. Mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. you'll get people renting that. But, you know, it's probably better than renting the same things they've been renting for ages. Sure, and plus, rent it for a month for nine quid, absolutely rinse it, you know, money well spent, potentially. I was talking last time about my, what was a forthcoming interview with Janky XL. Oh yeah, wicked, wicked, I want to know, how did it go? That was my, like, 11pm interview moved from six in the morning yeah yeah and so jxl obviously he's um he's famous for the originally famous for that that elvis remix in 2002 god was it that long ago before everyone was born oh god yeah (laughs) (laughs) and he's he moved after that straight into soundtracks and he segued very effectively yeah and he's he's been making a massive name for himself he's got a lot of good things done did a lot of cool stuff. Uh, it's more on the sort of action side of things, more on the sort of soundtrack. That's great. Anyway, I was talking to him, and he was, among many other things, he was talking about sort of what it was like to work as a soundtrack artist in the world of soundtrack artists. I see. Proceed. So he was he was also talking about things like how many people you need to coordinate. Uh, it's not just people who might be assisting you, but it's also like all the sound editors and all the the head honchos, like the producers who are giving you so many demands. And right, okay. every, every so often, everything will just change and you have to come up with a completely new thing and you've got to change everything around. And so you need a professional to, to do it. Someone for, for whom making music is second nature and it's like being able to create great music is a given you have to have that then you have to have a bunch of organizational and management skills mm-hmm. which i can totally see and this he he said that he said that his he sometimes has interns and a lot of the interns have just ended up turning around and going i thought i wanted to do this i don't want to do this anymore yeah and this whole thing kind of gave me a lot more respect for Hans Zimmer. 
of course, the the god of um, delegation. Yeah, I mean, this... Zimmer is a man we have talked about many times on Appetite for Production, starting by me, me personally, complaining <laughs> that he gets all the soundtrack work. Well, because he's so goddamn efficient. And why can't anyone else have the soundtrack work, yeah? Yeah, us, for example. Let us do a Hollywood movie, guys. But this is, like one rationale for why the Zimster gets so much work because very few people can handle it. Yeah. Having said that, I still do think that uh, they should throw a bone to the many aspiring and uh, semi-pro composers out there. Mothersborg et al. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it, it shed a lot more light on the real situation on the ground and why stuff like that happens with uh, one person actually probably one person in charge of a load of other people responsible for soundtracks. Mm-hmm. The thing about Zimmer is he's not a businessman. He's a business man. <laughs> know what I'm saying? That's a Jay-Z reference, James. I feel like I have to point that out to you. <laughs> Thank you. Because you, you're a rock guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, I guess the, I guess the reason why people take offence at Zimmer's businessman practices are because he's delegating... A bit of the music is the understanding. I, I mean, don't I don't want to libel anybody or slander anybody or whatever it is, but you know, I think I think that's the kind of bone of contention that people are boning on about. Well, no, I don't think anyone else is boning on about contention. It's just me. Oh, it's just you. It was okay. just me saying, "Why can't someone else have a slice of the pie?" Mm-hmm. No, no. And the reason they can't is because they're not as efficient as the Zimster. Yeah, it's true. And he, I mean, I'm still gonna rip on him. Yeah, don't sure. worry, everybody. I'm still gonna. <laughs> that's our USP, bro. Yeah, that, that's why we started this pod. No, it's not. We just want some attention from him. <laughs> Can we just get slated by him on Twitter? It would, daddy make, hands. It would mean the world to us. Daddy hands. Yeah, God, please, daddy. <laughs> It does seem like, especially these days, if you're a musician, my God, you've got... Like, if you were some kind of rockster in the 60s or whatever, you were too busy doing LSD and snorting hippies to, like, you know, do anything apart from making music. But I, I think know these I days, was. Well, yeah, for me too, mate. Tell me about it. I can't remember it, which means I was there. Um, but I think these days, like, you have to be super organised. You want to, you know, you want to know your way around a spreadsheet, unfortunately, mm. you know? What would Zimmer have to do to fully get into your good graces, apart from retweeting something that we've said? <laughs> uh, I don't know. He could send a check. <laughs> Which is straight up money. Yeah, this is basically being... Uh, well, it wouldn't be blackmail. Like, I guess it's more like racketeering. Mm. Like, I'll, I'll stop... I'll stop uh, it's like prote- a protection you. sort of vibe, yeah, it's basically. It's, I'll, I'll stop talking about you on my podcast. Okay. That has very few listeners. I feel like we are <laughs> undermining his career with our continued <laughs> chat about him. So sure, surely it can't be too much longer before he starts to pay serious attention to yeah, us. Come on, we're just we're just acting out here. I know, I know. We've, it feels childish, basically. Last time we had our Old Faithful, the MIDI ring. Oh, Lord. This time we have... Oh, what is this? Second in command, the MIDI watch. Now, do you remember, Tim, when the Apple Watch came out? Oh, God, it's emblazoned into my memory forever. The world changed that day. And everyone said, oh, 
God, yeah, they're going to start the making point? music apps for this, oh, aren't they? God. And then eventually they did, and eventually everyone went, ugh. Yeah, right. Do you remember we, we looked at that watch that was a MIDI keyboard or something? Oh, God, I'd managed to forget about that. that you brought it back. Yeah, <laughs> that, thanks. That wasn't an Apple Watch uh, app, but this one is. It is called the MIDI Wrist. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. And it turns your Apple Watch Ugh. into a wireless MIDI controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim, it was only a matter of time. It was. Um, I want to find out some more details, specifically a clan price, but the iTunes page won't load for it. So I can't slag it off on a price uh, point. Is there a video on this? No. Interesting. I don't know. I think anyone who owns an Apple Watch is a vain person, but that's my own prejudice, I guess. Yeah, or their phone is so big that they couldn't possibly even get it out of their pocket. Yeah, right. And it's crusted in there. Oh, God. Um, oh, he's got haptic <clears throat> feedback. Well, that's pretty good, I guess. I don't care. Oh, man. It's Le- a MIDI watch. Yeah, like... <sighs> I think music making needs to get more serious and less fun, James. As you know. Let me read let me read some truth from MIDI Wrist website. Okay. MIDI Wrist makes no sound on its own <laughs> and requires an Apple Watch to function. Mm. For best performance, an Apple Watch Series 4 or later <laughs> is recommended. You can't have an Apple Watch Series 3, mate, if you want to send some MIDI data. <laughs> yeah, I mean, MIDI's a complicated thing. And it's, a, it's a set of 128 discrete numbers, mate. Yeah, that, that is like 2 to the power of 7 or something. Oh, my God. So, it's... Um, <sighs> I mean, you know, it requires some serious system resources to have mm. four buttons displayed on the, on the screen. So mm. you got to make sure you, you're rocking the Series 4. Uh, any core MIDI application or device <sighs> can, be <laughs> can be controlled by MIDI Wrist. This includes virtual MIDI, network MIDI, Bluetooth MIDI, and physical MIDI devices through a supported MIDI hardware interface. Mm. So just write that down on the list, Tim. We've got to get a supported MIDI hardware interface. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always the first thing I look at when... So, uh... Judging on the um, on the feature list, it says, four knobs can be controlled with the digital crown. What the fuck is a digital crown? Is that the knob on the side of the what? Oh, I don't uh, know. Uh, or is it the four knobs on the screen? Anyway, they're set on this picture to four different values between, guess what? Zero Mm. and 127. Shit! Yep. Uh, Macro control over multiple synth parameters from the digital crown. Oh, okay. Okay, so, like, gone are the days when you had to tweak four different things on your synth with a mouse cursor at separate times. Yeah, right. You can just hook them up to a macro on your MIDI watch and then get your wrist out, roll up your sleeve... (laughs) <laughs> try and tap it in the exact right place yeah yeah and then perform a seamless sweep of those four parameters if you get the movement right on yeah. your watch if it's charged enough mm-hmm. if the bluetooth works properly so this is a, is a massive step forward for civilization hell yeah um remotely play stop record or rewind your door from mm. your watch mm. so I, in case that didn't sink in, you can not only play... Oh, okay. You you don't just press play on the watch. Mm. You can also 
stop your door from your watch. Mm. You can record mm. on your door and What rewind. Else? Shit! Rewind your door. So before, my door couldn't record. <laughs> well, not for, certainly not from your watch, mate. Now, thanks to the MIDI wrist... I've got recording via my watch. You so, you don't own an Apple Watch, though, do you, James? Oh, God, no. No. Who Who is buying Apple Watches? Who are these people? Uh, I think they're mostly Americans. Okay. Uh, knobs can be controlled individually or simultaneously. I are think you going to read out this whole features list? Because I am not sure I've got the energy for it. No, but <laughs> the phrase knobs can be controlled individually or simultaneously. Well, that is that is entertaining. That's fair enough. Is a good phrase. This is uh, the, the one use that could be potentially slightly maybe useful is an XY controller. And they have got that. Yeah, that's fair enough. And I guess... If you're like a keyboard player, I mean, I guess you need to connect Ooh. everything to Wi-Fi, probably. True, so but it's... if you're a keyboard player, you might well have a knob right in front yeah, of you. Yeah, or some buttons to do, yeah, to and, do that shit. you know, everyone in the crowd is going to be like, oh, this guy's just bored. He's looking yeah, at his, his watch. watch. He's like, when's it, when can I get the bus home? Yeah. I'm just going to do a massive filter sweep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, quarter to four. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> yeah, I mean... You know, you knew full well when you saw this that this was the sort of thing guaranteed to wind me up or whatever. And it sounds, <laughs> it sounds like you are similarly unimpressed, mate. Yeah, I mean, well, it's a MIDI watch. Yeah. The world doesn't need it. I mean, maybe there's like a handful of people, maybe a wristful of people out there mm. that this, this is kind of like going to be like a dream come true for. What about people who don't have the use of their wrists? Can they get uh, like an anklet? The ankle, put it on your ankle. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that would be fine. That would be fine. But why don't you just get a foot controller? Yeah. Um, this seems the, the product of vanity, James. What do you think? I think we need to do, we need to plan a massive parody video. Okay. A MIDI parody, paramidi, if you will. Oh, okay, nice. A video about using all these stupid products yeah, to, what, to, to make play a, music. Yeah, right. Like we're in a lab or something and uh, you're playing music with a banana. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm jerking one off the wrist. <laughs> <laughs> Have we got a group of diverse children? Yeah. Different... different Tinge, so we say, differently tinged children. <laughs> uh, perhaps we can uh, set up some kind of webcam thing where we're using our our bodies to create MIDI, mm. and it's all going on in this ridiculously shit-sounding song that nice. we're making. And I think we should crowdfund that video. Hell yeah! And uh, yeah. So if anyone wants to support that crowdfunded video, let us know. Otherwise, we'll never talk about it again. Yeah, nice, great idea. I tell you what, mate. Do you uh, know of a decade when there weren't any MIDI watches? Um, the 90s, mate. Ah. That's right. Yes. The best decade. Were there any MIDI rings in the 90s? God, there was probably like a prototype or something, but let's try not to think about that. Christ. So, Tim, you do a... Uh Top five Friday video every two weeks for Plugin Boutique. Yeah, well, I heard Fortnite was uh, really big right now, so I thought that I'd get into doing something every fortnight, mate, and that's been happening. I wanted to alert you to a comment on the latest one, which is 
thankfully, a good comment. Oh, God. I have been... So, let me tell you a little something about myself, James. I'm an insecure person, um, and I do read every comment on every video I make and obsess about them. So, yeah, give me this Give me this good one. I don't know if you've seen it already, but Extruder SFX says, this man is not happy. <laughs> I have read this one. Carry on. <laughs> this man is not happy, I don't think, but he does make me happy. <laughs> yes, it goes on, doesn't it? He sounds as if he's being wholly sarcastic almost constantly, <laughs> yet manages to make you want to buy plugins. That's what it's all about, bruv. Sh- shilling those plugs. Top tier stuff. Oh, that is very kind from what, whatever his username was. Um, this is the thing. I, I have a very sincere passion for this stuff and everything, and I would like to think that that comes across in the content that I make, but clearly it doesn't. And I don't, I really don't try and sound sarcastic because I'm, you know, I'm getting off on this stuff, James. You know mm. what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, I can so, see. So the question is, how do I sound less sarcastic? Um, I think, you know how they say, like, when you get to 40, your face is the face you made. Oh, God. And, and your personality is the personality you made. Well, you've been spending 40 years being sarcastic. <laughs> oh, no. No, I think that's just your default setting. Do you know, I really don't think of myself as a sarcastic person. And it, <laughs> it annoys me no end when you see people, for example, on internet dating apps, which I'm thankfully no longer involved with, who describe themselves as fluent in sarcasm and that sort of stuff or whatever. It winds me up no end. So I, I dread to think that I come across as sarcastic all the time. Uh, no, you don't come across as sarcastic all the time. But, you know, you've been sarcastic and it's a... Uh... <laughs> As have I, and it's a funny thing. But I, 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 I wouldn't say you come across. I don't know. Maybe you do in the videos. I don't. Um, I like. I'm really trying to kind of like express a pure, pure unadulterated joy. At, you know, the the pleasure that plugins give me. But I don't know, man. Maybe it's a, a symptom of your script reading. Maybe your script reading sounds sarcastic. May okay. So the way we do these is you write the scripts, okay. which I read. Oh, it's all my fault. Uh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna project <laughs> this onto you. But then I do. I've kind of like freestyle the other bits or whatever. Mm. And yeah, I mean, I like to sound like I'm having fun with it because I am having fun with it. Because hey, who wouldn't want to dick around with plugins for a job? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think you're reasonably uh... positive. Yeah, positive. I think it comes across well. This guy probably just takes your tone of voice as sarcasm. Maybe it's a British thing. Could be. I think I think that can be a big part of it. And I am I'm slightly. I mean, his comment is really nice, and it made me happy when I read it. Whatever, but I, I was slightly concerned when he said this man is not happy because I really do try and present it in like a, a positive, upbeat way, well, and I appear to be failing at that. Maybe it's a who are you lying to situation? Are you trying to convince the audience? Are you trying to convince yourself? Maybe I'm trying to convince myself, man. This mm. this is worrying. So I don't know. I think the way that I'm going to deal with it is by just being ridiculously over the top happy in the next one. So look out for that. (laughs) Super top happy smile Tim show. (laughs) Yay! Well, 
that was uh, that was all a bit too IRL for me, and I think I'm gonna go home and uh, put my virtual reality goggles on. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just sleep in some kind of mushroom kingdom. Oh god, that sounds really nice. Like the with the way the world's going, the mushroom kingdom does seem to be like a pretty desirable destination right now, mate. It's fair to say. I think so. Okay, cool. Well, let's hope that we get some actual music tech-related news before next time. Otherwise, it's going to be even more ridiculous. There was plenty of music tech news. I just decided to have a conversation with you two. Oh, God, why would why would you do that? We will catch you next time uh, in about two weeks' time when uh, the next inevitable wearable MIDI paraphernalia... <laughs> God, I really hope not. ...has been released. Oh, God. Uh, release me from my suffering now, James, please. 